this summer, I was, uh, back, my name is Seth Feaster. Uh, this summer, I spent nine weeks in Guatemala, working along with uh, Pastor Christian and his wife, Eugenia. They were probably the two most godly people I've ever met in my life. Uh, they run a children's home. I believe it's up to 34 now. They've gotten two more kids since I've been gone. Uh, their home runs on faith, prayer, and as I experienced this summer, patience. Uh, faith, uh, they believe that God will provide uh, everything for their everyday needs, whether it's money, food, clothes. They get no funding whatsoever. It's uh, by donations by churches here in, in the States and by uh, donations in Guatemala. Uh, they will, on occasion, they do have uh, sick, sick kids. Uh, they believe, they pray, and they believe that God will provide uh, the healing for them. And they uh, will, us, they pray continuously that God will provide the funds to uh, help build the new children's home that they're wanting to build. Just in case you don't know, they are, they have their max right now about 34 kids and they are there now. They want to uh, take the kids out and provide them with a home, loving care, and an education to eventually go out as missionaries. They also, uh, as I mentioned, uh, Ronald, uh, they believe in prayer. When they are in need, they pray and believe that God will provide for what their needs. They pray, provide, they pray for uh, the safety in the community. Where they are in the community is not a very safe uh, community. As uh, there's a lot of things going on during during my time, my time that I was there that it was pretty rough. And then the patients. When I was there, and Chuck made fun of me some, uh, just because uh, uh, my Spanish was not that great. I had to uh, use, uh, there, I went, also went down with a girl named Sarah from the Trinity Baptist Church, who was fluent in Spanish. I had to rely on her a lot. But towards the end of the, uh, when I was down there, I was communicating, not great, but a lot better. And those kids were extremely patient with me. And it was kind of cool. And then I was, we were, Sarah and I were uh, working with two kids in uh, particular that were new to the home. And it was just, they were one in the home, the rules, what was expected of them. And it was, on occasion we did get aggravated with them. I mean, they are kids, but, uh, <laughs> but uh, it, was, it was fun working with them. And uh, just, uh, there are days where I was like, I asked God, what am I doing here? And I didn't know why, but it was showing me that this, I was called you to be a missionary to Guatemala, and I expect you to follow, and you did. And just uh, everything uh, that Pastor, Eugenia, Pastor Christian and his wife, what they do, I, I, can, I found in Philippians 4, 4 through 9, says, Rejoice in the Lord always. I will say it again, rejoice. Let your gentleness be evident to all. The Lord is near. Do not be anxious about everything, 
anything but in everything but prayer and petition with thanksgiving, present your request to God, and to peace, and the peace of God with, which transcends all understanding will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Finally, brothers, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things. Whatever you have learned or received or heard from me or seen in me, put into practice, and the God of peace will always be with you. It's, they, they live that. They rely on God on everything and for everything. And those things, days that I was asking why I was down there, he gave me the peace in knowing that I was working with these kids and know that I was making a difference, even if the language barrier was in the way. Good morning. I'm Chuck Underhill, and I also had the opportunity to go and minister for a slightly shorter period of time, a lot shorter period of time, than Seth did this summer in Guatemala. He has given you a little bit of an idea, but to let you know, Guatemala is a developing country. Um, there are certain pockets of it where you can, you know, go to McDonald's or go to a place like Sam's, or you might even see a Kinko's or something as you're driving down the street. Um, but the area that the children's home is in is far more uh, poor, and the outskirts of that area. Uh, are actually inhabited by uh, Indian, Indian village people, Mayan people, and they speak a language called Kachi, uh, which is kind of difficult because Seth and I have a language barrier. We speak English. They don't speak English down there very much. They speak Spanish in the children's home. But as you get out into these outlying areas where a lot of these children are coming from um, immense poverty, they speak a completely different language. So the pastor there and his team and, and the folks that come work with him face the same struggle that we do, um, the opportunity to say yes, even when they don't know how they're going to communicate. Um, so it, it, was a, it was an awesome trip. I do want to thank Holland Avenue for just for your support, for Seth, for me, um, for the people that sent items. You don't understand how blessing, what a blessing a bar of soap is, or a toothbrush, or a thing of ibuprofen, or a Band-Aid. They just don't, they don't have access to a lot of these things. Money is um, very hard to come by. I did make a little video. And I'm going to let you watch that, and I'm just going to close a little bit after that. It's a little bit of a, it's about eight minutes, eight and a half minutes, something like that. But in the middle of the video, you'll actually be able to hear from Pastor Christian as he shares the vision for the children's home property, uh, the new area that they will build, because they are maxed out, and they want to take care of a whole lot more people. So, Lucas, if you'll turn it on. When we opened the children's home, and we did it according to as we were obedient to God, because there was not a children's home in Kovan, but there was a lot of need. For example, just in the city of Kovan, abandonaban, maltrataban, y violaban. 100 niños anuales. About 100 children were violated or abandoned or, or, or mistreated in Kovan alone. 
annually. Entonces fue muy preocupante para nosotros. So it worried us a lot. Y nadie hacía nada. And no one was doing anything. Decisión de abrir la casa de nosotros y, y empezar a, a, a llamar a los niños a, a o sea a que estén con nosotros. So we made a decision to open our own home up and start bringing children to be in our home. Pero eh, la casa se llenó rápido. But of course the house was filled very quickly. Y cada vez había más niños. And each time there was more children. No cabemos en el hogar. But we don't fit inside that home. Dios nos dijo que teníamos que buscar una propiedad. So God told us to find a property. Y orando, as we were praying, Dios me dio un sueño. God gave me a dream. Eh, el sueño eran dos ángeles. The, the dream was there was two angels. Uno enfrente del otro. One facing each other. Y mirábamos que niños bajaban de las de las montañas. And we could see that the children would come down from the mountains. Golpeados. They were all beaten. Maltratados. And they were mistreated. Y que cuando pasaban en medio de los ángeles. And then when they walked in the midst of between the two angels. Estaban sanos. They would come out on the other side healed. Y entonces el nombre de dándole una esperanza a un niño. So and what it showed us is that it was given a, a child a new hope. And we asked the Holy Spirit to guide us to where we needed to go. Nos hablaron de esta propiedad. They had spoken to us about this property. El monte estaba bien alto. You know, this, this was all full of trees, so packed up. Con culebras. Up. It had snakes in it. Y no se podía entrar. Eso era un caminito para el río. You couldn't even get in here. You had a little small trail just to get to the river. Y, uh, con mi esposa nos pusimos a orar. And uh, myself and with my wife we began to pray. En medio del monte. In the midst of these, all this uh, trees and forest. Y yo le decía al Señor, Señor, ¿es este ese lugar? And I asked the Lord, Lord, is this the place? Entonces el Señor no, me muestra en mi corazón. And the Lord revealed to me in my heart. Que mirara a los lados. To look to the sides. Y vi a los lados esa montaña y esta otra. And I saw this mountain and this mountain and this side. Y me decía, esos son los ángeles. And I said, the Lord said, these are the angels I talked to you about. Entonces, este es el lugar. So, so this is the place. And before you enjoy this here today, eh, I want to pray here. Aquí vamos a la casa. Because the first house will be built in this area, right where we're at. Para que los so that well, the groups, when they come like this, could be here. Bueno, los niños, first, the children will move here, you know, when we build the other parts, this house that was built here will remain for the groups that come. Para que esta área sea, es un área muy bonita. So very, very Para que ustedes puedan gozar de
Thank you for your patience. You know, what's cool about uh, the opportunity to go to a place that you've never been or to a place that requires a lot of faith to go, both financially and safety-wise and just working out the dynamics of everything, have a family, you have children, is the opportunity to go serve folks that, um, that pray, believing, before you even know that you're coming, that you will come and that you will help. Um, you know, I, I, I rest in that part of Scripture that says, to those who much has been given to, much is required. And that just rests on me knowing that God has given me so much, beginning with my faith, beginning with my opportunity to say yes to him, um, beginning with my humility before him. He has given me so much, not even looking at the financial or monetary things or physical things that I might be blessed with, but just salvation in Christ Jesus alone. He's given me so much. And as I was preparing for today, I was reminded I spent about six months in Job recently. Um, that's quite a long time to spend in Job, if you've never read it before. Um, but toward the end of Job, uh, Job actually, chapter 38, the Lord speaks. And this just reminded me of a conversation, several conversations I had with God. God says in chapter 4, Where were you? He's talking to Job. Where were you when I laid the earth's foundation? Tell me if you understand. Well, obviously, Job probably did not answer. It was probably to his best interest that he didn't answer because you don't reply to God in those situations because he's telling you to not reply. He's telling you that you don't know. The next couple of chapters go along with that. Where were you when this happened? Where were you when I formed the ocean? Where were you when I breathed breath into, into your life? Where were you when I made your heart beat? Where were you when all this happened? Because a lot of times we get so caught up with how smart we are and we know what to do with our 401k or we know what to do with our family or we know what to do as far as our faith or we won't know what to do but the truth of the matter is what God revealed to me is that I don't have a clue see because I don't know how I got connected with Guatemala other than God and I don't know how I was able to provide the opportunity to go financially other than God see because I'm just like you and ends don't meet up all the time I didn't know how I would be safe, but God did because he knew long before that he would take care of me. See, this life that I live is, is more of an opportunity just to worship him in resting that I don't, I don't know. God, you breathed your breath into me, and you provided for me. You've brought me this far, not for, my, not for me to stumble, but for your own glory. God, thank you so much. And God, I know that I didn't know how to get there, but you did. And I didn't know the language, but you did. And I didn't have the financials, God, but you own the cattle on a thousand hills. Thank you, God. It's pretty awesome when you look at it that way, when you sit there in Job's seat for a second, and God is showing you the truth that is, you really don't know a whole lot, but I've got you. And I got all that taken care of. So when I worry about, is the plane going to go down, or am I, I'm scared, Father. I'm scared to drive on those crazy roads, or I'm scared because the city's not that safe. Or I'm scared because I don't know how this is going to happen. And God's like, were you there when I created the world? Were you there when I formed the seas? Were you there in your mother's womb when I formed you and made you in my likeness? Were you there? Are you able to make your heart beat? Are you able to make your eyes see? No, God, I'm not. But you completely are. Were you there when that job was created for you to have so that there's money in your account so you could pay your bills? Nope, sure wasn't. Well, thank you, God. Thank you, God, that that job was there. And all I need to do is trust in faith. 
that you will continue to provide if I continue to say humbly, yes, God. Y'all, I appreciate your time today, and I really appreciate your support for these, these children and this home, the aprons that you sent, the pencils, the, the notepads, the, the shoes, the hundreds of pounds of clothes that we carried. I mean, people just lugging things through the airports to, a, to, to people that we didn't even know where they were going to. Huge blessings. And what I come to find out, which is so silly that I didn't think about it, was that these were answers to prayers years and months in advance that these, this pastor and his wife and these children were praying, please let me have shoes so I can go outside and play. Please let me have clothes because I'm growing. Please help me have food so I can eat. One thing that I would ask you to continue to pray for is something that we're hoping is going to come to fruition this week is an opportunity for them to have meat more than twice a month. That's legitimate right now. They may get meat twice a month. A lot of beans, some rice, you can imagine. But there are some things working, and they haven't gotten a delivery yet, but we are praying, and I ask you to pray this week that they will, they will start to receive meat this week, twice a month, enough to carry them so they'll have far more than they've had before. Just another way God is answering prayers that we have an opportunity to be with, that be, have an opportunity to participate in. And you are participating in that, and I thank you for it. Thanks. Good morning. Good. Uh, Mary Grace, Carolyn, you want to come up here? I'm going to make them come up here. I told them I wasn't going to make them speak or anything. but and um, So Mary Grace uh, Houston, Carolyn Houston, and Brian Rose and I went to uh, Juarez, Mexico um, this year, this summer. Um, had an, an amazing time, amazing time. Um, not only getting to, to, um, to minister to those around us, uh, to work and build a, uh, build a house. You know, we, we built a house. I'm not very good. I started painting my bathroom last November. I'm still working on it. All right, so I have a year to get it done. So by Thanksgiving, I should be done. Um, but uh, I put a little video. Mine's only about four minutes long. Um, but just to show you uh, the work there, and, and then I'm, 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 I actually want um, Casey after the video to come. She wants to share a little bit about what Brian um, shared with her, um, and then I'm going to share a little bit with you guys about what's going. But let's we're going to watch. That. I just want y'all to see them. I know you know them. Um, Caroline's a junior, and Mary Grace is a senior uh, this year, and um, she'll be leaving us shortly. But uh, we got a whole year of, of great things happen here in, in, um, at Holland Avenue Baptist Church. So we watch this, and then we'll uh, we'll share. Thank you.
Good morning. I'm Casey Rose. My son Brian went to Mexico with Brad and Caroline and Mary Grace, along with several other people from Georgia and North Carolina. 
And it's really neat that we start out today with a parent-child dedication because that's where it starts. We come to him and bring our children back to him after he has blessed us with them. And we say, thank you, God. Please show us the way and how to raise them. And then we watch them along the way and we watch them accept him and start following him and start serving him. Little Brian is actually the one that prompted me to start going on mission five years ago to Kentucky. Um, he was 10. <laughs> um, and now he has gone to Mexico. Whenever this started out, it was when we started telling people, they were, why do you want to let him go there? Aren't you afraid? Do you not know about the wars that are going on? And I've had to absolutely turn a deaf ear and say, I know he's in God's hands. God didn't go to the fancy places. He went to the slums where people needed him. They needed to know that he loved them and he cared about them. So do we wait for when the timing is right and all the money is there? No. We go out on faith and we're obedient and we serve. I should probably mention before I go into the next part of this that if you don't know, um, Brian's dad died in March of this year. So for him to turn around in July and go out of the country was very difficult for our family. And the night before he's leaving, he's, I did most of his packing. Well, I'm a girl, I take care of the clothes part. He looks over the list that Brad gave him and says, Mom, I'm supposed to have tools. I'm like, well, I thought Brad was gonna do that part, you know? So he's like, Mom, no, really? So he goes out to the shop and he gathers up his dad's tools. And after Brian died, my parents really encouraged us to set aside the tools because at some point, whenever they grew up, it was gonna be important to them. And the boys were like, no, no, we, they don't mean anything to us, yada, yada. Well, in a time of need, Brian went and grabbed the tools. Hammer, screwdriver, tool belt, you name it, whatever was on the list, he grabbed. And then while he was there, he had texted me before he went over and he texted me when he got back. And I'm like, how you doing? How you doing physically, emotionally, all that kind of stuff. And um, I asked him also, I said, did you learn anything? And he said, yeah, but I wanna read specifically the text that he sent to me, cause it's just precious. He said, I learned how to really use a hammer, smiley face, and I came to realize that I was using all dad's tools, and then I kind of got a little sad, but now those tools are that much more special. Um, Brian came full circle. Those tools didn't start out in a good way. He used to watch his dad get really angry every time he had to use them. <laughs> So for him to take them to another country and then he's building somebody's house that doesn't have a house, it spoke volumes to him about how big our God is and how he is always there and he always provides. Brian also talked about one of the members of the family was a little boy and he would come to the, the work site every day and try to help build his family's home. He was like six or seven, but it spoke volumes to him to be so young 
and that he could help. He could actually be part of it. So I just wanted to share with you from the beginning and then where we get to see where they end up, where they can serve, and we get to watch them grow. Parents, you have a beautiful role. Take advantage of it while you have them and enjoy the ride. So I didn't cry, but I'm a crier, as my wife knows. Um, but I just wanted to, to share with you, this, this was a, an amazing experience, first time. Um, you know, I've gone to somewhere where there has been that language barrier, where I hadn't just been able to just stand up and preach and share God's word. But, but God was able to use me and, and Caroline and Mary Grace and, and, and Brian and our whole group in, an, in another way. And, and if you saw the pictures, you saw um, some shots of some, some houses that weren't safe, some very unsafe places where, where these people live. This, this area, Juarez, is, you've seen it in the news. It's, it's, it's drugs, it's crime, it's murder, it's all kinds of things that happen. But just like Casey said, um, when I first thought about going, I knew God wanted us to go here. I just, I just had to put it in his hands. And, um, you know, I wasn't going to force anybody to go. I just, you know, what I kept preaching was, you know, you know, if God is, is asking you to do something, wherever, you, whatever, whatever he's asking you to do, you've got two choices. You can either obey him or disobey him, you know, and that, that's, that's our whole life, either obey God or disobey him. And um, when God lays something like this on your heart, even though it's scary, you know, it's probably more scary for me to take your children with me, you know, to another country than for myself, you know, worrying about them. But uh, I just got to say, God was so amazing. So um, on top of things, he was always there at every, every stop. Everything went well, even when we thought we were going to miss the plane because we were trying to get Dunkin' Donuts. God still got us on the plane. That, that was probably the scariest part when I'm standing in line with Mary Grace, Brian, and Caroline. They're trying to get hash browns, and I hear last call for El Paso, so I about had a heart attack there. But, but we made it on the plane, and, um, and, and God was good. But I just... Um, like, like she said, it, the, the coolest thing about it was um, when, when we got to share, when we were finished at the end, we got, we got to share about actually Pastor Bobby from State Street. He kind of did the, the, the house um, commissioning, and, and he talked about how, you know, yes, we've, we've come, we built a house in the name of Christ. You know, in the name of Jesus, we've come and built this house, but God has prepared a heavenly home for you. And, and to make sure that they know that, that this is just, you know, this is just... This is God's love. It starts here, but it lasts forever. It's something that lasts forever. I, I'm going to read kind of a, a long passage from Romans chapter 15. Um, if you'll just bear with me, I just feel led to, to read this. And it starts in uh, Romans chapter 15, verse 8. For I tell you that Christ became a servant to the circumcised to show God's truthfulness to order, in order to confirm the promises given to the patriarchs and in order that the Gentiles might glorify God for his mercy, as it is written. Therefore, I will praise you among the Gentiles and sing to your name. And again, it is said, Rejoice, O Gentiles, with his people. And again, praise the Lord, all you Gentiles, and let all the peoples extol him. And again, Isaiah says, The root of Jesse will come, even he who arises to rule the Gentiles. In him will the Gentiles hope. May the God of hope fill you with all the joy and peace in believing, so that by the power of the Holy Spirit you may abound in hope. I myself am satisfied about you, my brothers, that you yourselves are full of goodness. Filled with all knowledge and able to instruct one another. But on some points I've written to you very boldly by way of reminder because of the grace given me by God to be a minister of Christ Jesus to the Gentiles in the priestly service of the gospel of God 
so that the offering of the Gentiles may be acceptable, sanctified by the Holy Spirit in Christ Jesus. Then I have reason to be proud of my work for God, for I will not venture to speak of anything except that Christ has accomplished through me to bring the Gentiles to obedience by word and deed, by the power of signs and wonders, by the power of the Spirit of God, so that from Jerusalem and all the way around to Hellerusium, I have fulfilled the ministry of the gospel of Christ. And thus I make it my ambition to preach the gospel, not where Christ has already been named, lest I build it on someone else's foundation. But as it is written, those who have never been told of him will see, and those who have never heard will understand. And that's what God wants us to do. He wants us to, to not just stop where we are, right here in these four walls and these communities, but he wants us, like in the Great Commission, to go out wherever, wherever we're asked to go. And, and sometimes it's scary, sometimes it's, it's uh, you know, very frightening, and you don't, you don't understand why God asked you to do these things. But if he does ask you, if you do feel him asking you to, to step out of your comfort zone and go, I pray that you will listen to him and obey him, because not only are you serving him, but your life just becomes that much more richer. I, mean, I am that much more richer because I've been allowed to, to go to Africa. I've been allowed to go to Mexico. I've been allowed to go to Lakewood this morning. You know, so many things God gives us opportunities to do. And, and I pray that you will do that. And I just want to share a few things. Um, if you go to our, our website, you click on the, the first page, it says, Welcome to Holland Avenue. All right? And then it says this next thing. It says, um, Holland Avenue Baptist Church, a Christ-centered family of faith, dedicating to building bridges to Jesus one heart at a time. And, and I, I read that, and I know it's, it's, it's our, you know, our saying, it's, it's our motto, it's what we pledge to do. It's up here on the wall. We're to build bridges to Jesus one heart at a time. Those hearts start here, but they don't end here. The hearts are all over the world. And, and I think about it, we are Christ-centered. We should be Christ-centered. Um, um, Jesus died to purchase us, right, to purchase us from our sin, from everything that's, that's holding us away from him. He died for us. And then he's called us out. He's called us to be Christians, to go out and to do what he wants us to do, to share his love with those around us and to give them the, the, the same love that we have from him. And, and as a church, what can we do? You know, do we all have to go to Guatemala, to Mexico? The answer is no. But we do have some common things we do. I just want to share this. I've, I've taken these from uh, a pastor um, that I like most, David Platt. And this is something he said. He says, as an entire church, no matter who we are, men, women, young, old, poor, rich, whatever we are, we can do some things. First of all, we can pray. We can always pray for the church, for our church, for the church around the world, and for the lost. There's millions of people. I mean, millions of people who are lost in this world. Uh, America is nothing compared to the population of like India and China and these places that, that are so dark and have, you know, there's millions of people that will live their whole lives and never hear the name of Jesus Christ. And that's, to me, that's a scary thing. It's a sad thing. And, but God has put us on this world to be that voice, to be his voice. Um, then it says um, we can give to spread the gospel and serve the poor. I'm so, we're so blessed. I think as a Baptist, as a Southern Baptist, as a Southern Baptist missionary, I have been so blessed to be supported, to go to, you know, 8,000 miles away to do something and be taken care of and not have to worry about, you know, where's my next meal going to come from, but just to do his work, just to do his will. And I pray that you will continue, you know, throughout this year with Annie Armstrong missions at Easter and, and, and here coming up, Lottie Moon, 
this Christmas, that you'll give so that our missionaries can go all over the world and do what they do what God has, has commanded us to do and to carry out the, the Great Commission throughout the world. And then us, right, right here in our church, we can go. You can go. You don't just have to pray and give, but you can go. And I pray that our church will, will continue to, to raise up and, and to do the things that we need to do. I, I pray that, you know, I'm just going to say it to all of you, I, I hope that we could do a church-wide mission trip next year somewhere where we can, we can come together as a unified church, as a unified body of believers, Christ-centered believers, and go out and share his message with, us, with the world. And I pray that we'll do that. And those are the things we can do. We can pray, we can give, we can go. And God wants us to do that. And so thinking about those things, think about where we can go. And we, we've kind of done a good job about this, starting with, with our We Care weekends and things like that, working in our communities. We start right here where we live. You know, ask God, what do you want me to do right here? You know, Caroline went this, this summer uh, with Lakewood. They do a, they do a youth camp for their, for their kids, for their church, during the 4th of July week, a week that most people don't want to give up because they want to be with their families and their friends during that time. But she gave up that week um, to be with those kids, to be a counselor, and to teach them about Jesus. And, and I think she was probably more touched with that than anything she's, she's ever done, to be able to have that experience to share with those kids. Um, and those are the kind of things God is always laying out in front of us. He's always got a plan and something he wants us to do. Um, and then how long, if he goes somewhere, how long do you have to stay? Do you have to stay for years? No. That will God possibly call you to stay for your entire life in another country? He may do that. But God, he has, he has other plans. He has short-term missions like we did. He has, you know, a few months like, like Seth got to do. Or he's got years of, of service that he wants you to do in a foreign land. And I pray that you will just consider that, that you will just open your heart and let God speak to you. It doesn't matter how young or how old you are. It just matters that, that you go, that you go when God asks you to go. And then the last thing, um, among, the, among the reached, we're strengthening the church to make disciples right here. That, that's what I pray that, that you hear from this pulpit, that you hear in your classrooms at Sunday school, that, that here at our church at Holland Avenue, we're making disciples. And what are disciples supposed to do? Follow Christ. And I pray that each of you will follow Christ in whatever way he's leading you to serve. He could be asking you just to serve right here in Holland Avenue. He could ask you to serve all over the world. It doesn't matter where he asks you just to go. And then the last thing, this is a question for everybody. And, and I want you to think about our mission statement, building bridges to Jesus one heart at a time. And it says, uh, this is my question for you to consider. And, and as, we, as I close, um, as Miss Emily comes up to play, um, I'm going to be down front. I'm going to ask you if, to come down and, and kneel at this altar and ask God, what do you want me to do? Where do you want me to go? How do you want me to spend the rest of my days? Yeah. Uh, I, just gonna, I shared this in Sunday school this morning. I went to Chicago on a conference this week. Um, when I get in that airplane, a lot of people freak out when they get on airplanes, right, because you go 30, 60,000, whatever. And, you know, and at one time in my life, I would have been scared to death. What's going to happen? But now it's, it's, it's ever since Jesus became part of my life, Ever since I allowed him to take control, I don't worry about those things. And that's the kind of life I pray all that you live. Even if you're 30,000 miles up in the air, God is in control of your life. You only have a certain number of days, I believe. There's a day when he's going to call you to heaven. And will you have done what he's asked you to do in this, in this life? And I pray that each of you will have said yes. 
And Jesus and God will say, well done, my good and faithful servant. So let me ask you this question. By God's grace, through God's spirit, and for God's purpose, might the Lord be leading me or my family to leave my home for days, for weeks, for months, for years, for my entire life, to spread his gospel for the sake of his glory among unreached peoples in this world? That's my question to you. And I I invite you to come down when the the, uh, benediction is played here, that you'll come down and you'll pray and you'll ask God, do you want me to go? Send me, God. Here I am. Let's pray. Father God, we love you and we thank you for everything that you give us. God, we thank you for the opportunities that you give us. God, you've blessed us. You've blessed us to be in this country, to have the things that we have, the, the opportunities that we have to go and to say whatever we wish to say, Lord. And I pray that those opportunities will not be just wasted, God but they will be opportunities that we will stand up and we will fight the good fight and we will do what you want us to do, Lord Jesus. God, please help us to always say yes to you, to obey you in your very commands, God. This has been an an amazing summer, an amazing year where our church has gone outside of these walls, Lord. And I pray that you will touch every heart in this room, including mine, God, and get us on fire and passionate about reaching our neighbors, our classmates, our coworkers, our families for you. Because you alone are holy, Lord. You alone are God. And there's nothing in this world, nothing that I do, that's more important than you, Lord Jesus. And I pray that you will just lead us to love and serve you. In your name we pray. Amen.